Am I going to hell? It's, it's truly one of the most important existential question any human being can ask. If there is a place that is eternal and is eternal separation from love and relationship and is a push into eternal damnation and burning in the fires of flames, that place is to be avoided at all costs. And our life goal should be learning the rules that will keep us from going to that place. And once we know those rules, it would be cruel if we didn't tell other people those rules so they could avoid that place. So any offensiveness in our sharing with gay people or Muslims or anybody who disagrees with our belief in those rules is justified. But if hell doesn't believe as that type of place, if it doesn't exist that way, then our offensive talk is just offensive. So it's important we have an understanding of what hell really is. And I have a great guest on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast today, Pastor Adam Erickson, a pastor and a theologian. He's been studying this for a long time. So let's ask him the question, am I going to hell? And do I need to stop others from going there? Let's talk about it on our podcast today. But first, let me invite you into supporting the work of the nonpartisan evangelical and Pastor Paul. I, I don't do this as a traditional ministry where I pass the plate or take up uh, support offerings. It's a for-profit ministry that I do. And what I ask is for you to buy subscriptions to my nonpartisan evangelical Patreon page. I have a goal of getting 3,000 patrons and I have a long way to go to get there. But would you be a part of it? For just $5.99 a month, you get to subscribe. I'm not asking you just to support. I'm asking you to subscribe, get to be part of our private group. You get to see, you would already have seen Adam Erickson's podcast because you would see it on your patron page. Patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash NPE nonpartisan evangelical podcast. And I'll say it one more time. Patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. There's all kinds of cool stuff you can get in subscribing. And I want you to be a part of helping spread the message that God is not mad at you. And that Pastor Paul is calling for Christianity in America to change, to start to look Christian, which means to look like Jesus. Would you be willing to be a part of that and subscribe and get some cool stuff in exchange? Not tax deductible. I pay taxes on everything I bring in so I can help finance schools and roads and public safety and all the things we find so important in our communities. So you won't get the tax break, but your generosity, I think, will impact your heart and just bring goodness around you. Patreon.com slash NPE podcast. You can find out more at my website, pastor-paul.com. Now, let's talk to Pastor Adam Erickson on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at pastor-paul.com. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical, where we're challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at NPEPodcast.com.
I have a great guest today to do just that with us and have some great conversation. Again, another one of my favorite TikTokers, <laughs> Pastor Adam Erickson. No, he's not a 15-year-old girl who does dances, but he does amazing TikTok stuff. And he's the pastor of Clackamas UCC in Oregon. And Adam Erickson joins us today. Also, he's at Adam Erickson. That's S-E-N Erickson 1 on TikTok. So, Adam, good to talk to you, man. Good to talk with you, Paul. Thanks for uh, telling people about my last name. My ancestors misspelled it centuries ago, apparently. <laughs> it's, uh, nobody can send me an email because they always do S-O-N. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, very good. Well, it's always fun when we get to see each other. We all watch our TikTok videos, but it's always fun to get to, to chat almost face to face. Thanks for having me. I'm just so excited. And I can't wait to like you're renaming the show. Yeah, because I'm not sure I'm evangelical anymore. And uh, and I feel like my the initial call was to challenge the evangelical church with its mindset. And I feel like my purpose is moving on to what's the new thing rather than trying to fix the old thing. Let's figure out what the new thing is that God's doing today. What is What was it in particular that you wanted to challenge about the evangelical mindset? I would, to put it, very easily and simply and bluntly, God is not Republican. <laughs> okay. And he cares about other things other than just abortion and gay marriage. Okay. Awesome. And yeah. that actually the Bible, I think, is pretty, pretty profoundly in the camp that there's a whole lot of things that he cares about more than abortion and gay marriage. Well, I think so, too. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah so cool. what prompted you to jump on TikTok and start doing this stuff? <laughs> My 14-year-old son <laughs> came up to me and said, dad, you need to get a TikTok. And I thought, oh my gosh, I already have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I already feel like it, the weight of all of those things are like just burning me up. And he, he just insisted. So I was like, okay, fine. So we just started doing some, like, I, I told him I'll do TikToks as long as you be in the TikTok with me. So my first couple of videos have my children in them. And I tried to make them look much smarter than me when it comes to theology. So I would have them ask me, I would ask them some questions and then I'd have them quote Gregory of Nyssa and Anselm and all of these other ancient <laughs> theologians. <laughs> and just look at me like, you're such an idiot, dad. And that was fun for a while, but then they, then they didn't want to do it anymore. So I just started doing that on my own on TikTok. That's awesome. And I really enjoy watching your videos. And I, I was saying to people today that it's, it, Adam does what I does. He's just smarter and a little more gentle and a little more wise. And uh, let me show people one of your TikTok videos that I enjoyed today. Okay. And this is a recent one. And it goes along with the topic we're going to jump on here. So let me show people Pastor Adam on TikTok. Hello, welcome back Hold to Why on. I Believe in Universal Salvation. This is part two in this series. And I wanted to talk with you about the Old Testament, because while the Old Testament doesn't talk a lot about the afterlife, it's much more concerned about the life that we live now together. Christian universalists have seen a pattern within the Old Testament that leads them to universalism. And that pattern is this. Yes, there is punishment, but punishment doesn't have the last word. God's restoration has the last word. We see this in the Old Testament, particularly 
particularly in the prophets. Ezekiel chapter 16, for example, talks about the sin of Sodom, one of the most sinful cities in all of the Old Testament. Interestingly, Ezekiel never says anything about homosexuality. He says that the sin of Sodom was that they refused to care for the poor and the needy in their midst, and so God wiped them out. Even so, God will eventually restore the fortunes of Sodom. This pattern of punishment and restoration has led many Christians throughout the last 2,000 years to universal salvation. Everyone, welcome back to Wow. Very good. You're How do you fit all to- of that in one minute? You have to talk so fast on TikTok. My, my middle child, I'll, sometimes I'll show him some of my TikToks and he'll just go like this and he'll go, dad, you talk for too long on TikTok. I'm like, it's a minute. It is one minute. Like he wants me to do it in 10 or 15 seconds because he doesn't have the attention span. But that's probably a different topic for a different Yeah. Topic. And you're, you're, we're trying to fit in huge nuanced theological constructs into 60 seconds. But I found the creativity of it to be so much fun. And in fact, I just did a video on hell today. And obviously hell is a big topic. And I think very central because yes, if I believe somebody is going to hell for their behavior, it would be cruel for me not to stop them from doing that. But have we misjudged hell in the Bible, Pastor Adam? (laughs) I think that we have. I think that we have. At least hell is not the Dante's Inferno that you don't even have to read Dante's Inferno to have been influenced by it because it just saturates all of our culture when it comes to the idea of hell. So hell goes through a transformation throughout the Bible. So in in the Old Testament, you primarily get Sheol is the word. And it's right. just the place of the dead. Whether you're good, whether you're bad, there's no like morality to it or even like belief to it it's just the place that you go to and uh, you there was the Saul king the first king of Israel Saul he makes this pronouncement that you can't go to witches and what what does he do right away he goes to uh, the witch of Endor Star Wars fans uh, take note And he goes to the witch of Endor and he's like, hey, I need to talk to the prophet Samuel. So the witch of Endor brings up the prophet Samuel. Which is crazy, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) This is in the Bible. And the folks who haven't read the Bible don't see how fascinating this stuff is. And so she calls the prophet Samuel from Sheol up. And Samuel's basically hey, man, I was having a great time sleeping. Why did you bother me in my sleep? And so it's funny. It is, it's just funny. And the witch is Samuel or Saul, you just made this like pronouncement that you can, that witches, you have to kill witches. And then he like breaks his own pronouncement. Right. Which anyway, all kinds of interesting things about witches in the Bible and stuff. So um, Sheol could not be a place of eternal punishment if Samuel's there. Samuel's hanging out in Sheol. The Psalm 23, one of the most famous passages in all the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is Sheol. 
God is with me. Even in death, even in Sheol, God is present. There's this, like throughout the Bible, you get, you get a sense of God's universal presence, which is even in death. Yeah. Not even death can separate us from the love of God. So says uh, Romans chapter eight, Paul is saying this, but Paul gets that from his uh, scriptural tradition. Right. He gets that from Psalm 23. Not even Sheol can separate us from God. God's God is present there too. <laughs> Once you get into the what scholars call the intertestamental period, you get some really weird, it starts to make a shift. Right. Uh, you, you get a really weird shift, particularly in the book of Daniel. Uh, some people will say, that Daniel, I forget, you might uh, remember this better than I do, but somewhere in Daniel, it says that the Daniel talks, the Old Testament doesn't talk about resurrection very much either. Uh, you get it in Ezekiel with the resurrection of the dry bones. You get it, right. you get something of it in Daniel, where Daniel says that the righteous, I think he says, will uh, resurrect to eternal life and the right. unrighteous or whatever will go to eternal death or something like that. This is all interesting in the intertestamental period. Boy, like I couldn't get this in 60 seconds. No, you couldn't. Come on. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so the intertestamental period is when the, is when there's a lot of interaction with other religions. This is all Zoroastrian stuff. This is all like Persian stuff where you get this heaven and hell, good and evil stuff coming into the biblical text. And then this was a big argument when Jesus was on earth with the religious guys of what hell and resurrection and, and afterlife was going to be like. Yes, absolutely. The One of the key points about that eternal life and eternal death or whatever Jesus will come back to that later in Matthew uh, 25. So we'll come back to that. But yeah, so the Pharisees who are the ones who are supposed to be like, they get the bad rap in the New Testament and with Jesus, right. supposed to be seen as Jesus's opponents. It's important to point out that there were many Pharisees who were sympathetic to Jesus. You can go into a very anti-Semitic realm when we're talking about the Pharisees, because the Pharisees are the ones who end up becoming, forming rabbinic Judaism after Jesus dies. So uh, a lot of the Pharisees are good and sympathetic to Jesus, and they're the ones who believe in uh, the resurrection. And the Sadducees are the ones who don't believe in the resurrection. And when they're talking about resurrection uh, of the Pharisees, understanding its resurrection at the end of time when people will be resurrected for probably some kind of judgment or something going along with the book of Daniel. Right. Yeah. So I, I did look that up by the way, Daniel 12. Oh, wow. Looks says uh, 12 two says many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life, but others to shame and everlasting content. Ooh. The wise will shine like the brightness of the heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, interesting. I know, right? Yeah, yikes. The way that universalists interpret those kinds of passages is basically what I did in the TikTok video that you showed, which is which is in Hebrew and in Greek, the word for eternal, and this is important to know for our Western mind, that right. see eternal as this as this never-ending line that goes off into eternity. Our ancient siblings didn't have that as their idea of eternal. So when Jesus talks about eternal life, he's not talking about a life that goes on forever and ever. He's talking about a, like a, a life of significance. Mm. That's what, that's primarily what eternal means in the Hebrew mindset, which is what Jesus was Jewish, right? So right. He's, he's influenced by the Hebrew mindset, which is not so much life going on and on forever, although there might be something of that in it too, but it's much more, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is among you. It's here. It's right. present. And here is how you live into it by following me, by loving your neighbor, including your enemies as, as you love yourself. And as I have loved you, that's how you like when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Hey, how do I gain eternal life? Jesus says, here's what you do now. Do that. Right. Uh, follow the commandments. And he says, I've followed all the commandments and I'm still lacking eternal life. And so that's when Jesus says, we'll give up all of your possessions and give it to the poor, and then you'll have eternal life right now. Man, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Can I interrupt just for a second to tell you about all the cool things that we do through pastor-paul.com and my nonpartisan evangelical podcast. For instance, did you know I do a hearing God moment, a time of, of group meditation and, and hearing from heaven together every Wednesday morning on TikTok and on YouTube? Did you also know that every Saturday I release a Bible teaching called Pastor Paul's Bible Talk? And once a month, my wife and I, my wife, who's the former mayor of Fresno, we talk religion and politics in Paul and Ashley Live. For you to know when all this stuff is coming down the pike, as well as our discussion groups and seminars, the coaching I do, all the information that goes on around the Pastor Paul community and the nonpartisan evangelical family, you can find out by signing up to my newsletter. Go to pastor-paul.com. Right there on the homepage of my podcast, there's a place you can fill in your email address and you'll get caught up every week on what's going on around Pastor Paul and the nonpartisan evangelical community. And you'll get inspirational things from me, writings, blogs, quotes, things you can't get without being part of our newsletter family. So pastor-paul.com, sign up today for the Insider's Newsletter and you'll never miss anything coming down the pike for Pastor Paul and the nonpartisan evangelical community. Go, sign up now, pause this video and get there, and then come back and watch the rest of our interview with Pastor Adam Erickson on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at pastor-paul.com. So, universalists, are you eternal punishment, harassment, pain in flames of fire, 
that's not a part of your belief system. No, it's not. So here's where you get to uh, Matthew chapter 25, right? where you have the separation of the sheep and the goats. And there are many ways to interpret this that I think are more faithful than individuals being punished by, hey, God loves you, but if you don't believe in God, then he's going to torture you for all eternity. Yeah, how about that? That's that our atheist <laughs> friends are right. That is abusive. And just stop. So I want to invite people to take that idea and set it over here and leave it, <laughs> put it in the garbage or do whatever you want with it. What Matthew chapter 25 is getting at, there are two steps that I want to walk you through. Okay, cool. The first step is it says in all, and I think all translations, it says at the end of time, the nations will be brought before the judge. Right. Now, nations is important here because nations is a political term that's used throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. And it refers to national policies. <laughs> it right. doesn't refer to individuals within those nations. It refers to nations and how they have treated the poor, the weak, the marginalized, what we end up calling the least of these. And so it starts off by saying the nations will be brought before the judge and he will judge the people is how translations usually translate that word. But the word for people in the Greek is not people, it's them. Oh, wow. Okay. Judge will, the judge will judge them referring back to the nations, not to individual people. So right. the first step that we need to um, unlearn <laughs> about this is in our Western mind frame, we have this assumption of individualism with which the ancient people, especially the ancient Hebrews and the ancient Christians didn't have this emphasis of the individual. It had much more of a collective, much right. more like the, the nations that this passage is getting at. So it's the national systems that are going to be judged. Now, Jesus says that the son of man, there's an interesting twist in that too, because at first it's the judge, and then it turns into the son of man, <laughs> which right. is a weird, odd twist. I'm not sure what, what that's about, but it says that the, the son of man will it's translated as send the righteous to eternal life and the unrighteous to eternal punishment but the word for punishment there is uh, you may be able to look this up kalestos i think it is okay <laughs> something like that in the greek and that word doesn't mean punishment so much as it means correction so they will go to eternal correction what is correction for it's to, to fix correct. things yeah. to fix i messed up i need some way to correct i need something to correct 
So colasis, I think is the word I got here. Yes. Colasis. That's colasis. Yeah. I was, I was close. I was close. You were very close. Well done. So uh, a lot of, some scholars say that colasis is a, like a pruning, a word that like when you go out and uh, you're doing your gardening, you're pruning it so that it can grow better, grow bigger. So that's what colasis is. That's the correction is it's a pruning of the, all of the stuff within us that blocks us from loving God and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. If I can jump in right there, and I know you have another point, but this is what I love to look up stuff like this. And so when you look at that word colasis, and I think this is where Christians miss things a lot. One of the things I love is one of the software I use. So it shows other places in the Bible where that word appears. And so 1 John 4.18 is the only other place that it appears, it looks like here. And it's the, the perfect love casts out fear verse. And it says, for fear has to do with punishment, with colasis. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So when you look at those contexts and say, okay, the next time this word is used, it's about love being the opposite of fear. And fear has to do with colasis. And God is not the author of fear, he's the author of love, Yes, you start to see a different character of God. And, and I, so there is all of these things we got to throw out and start saying, what is the character of God that Jesus came to display? And, and truly the apostles then put voice to that, even as they're trying to formulate a, a, an organized church in the middle of it all. So I, I love looking at that and saying, God's not the author of fear. Fear yes. is punishment. And so why would God then be this punisher? So that's such an important point. I follow this guy named Rene Girard, and he influences a lot of what I do. Mm-hmm. He says that humans created hell and we drag one another into hell with us. <laughs> yeah, isn't it true? Isn't it true? That's it. And that's, that's where the fear comes in. A God of love. One of my one of my seminary professors said that he was trying to he was trying to teach us that God. It was because of God's love that God created hell for those who want to separate themselves from God. <laughs> so I was like, All right, "What that God would? What that just doesn't like for eternal." torment. That's what God is like. So your point about like, who is the God that we're talking about here? Jesus, one of the things that's so crucial about this is that Jesus in the gospel of Matthew says that he's asked by some of his opponents, some questions. And Jesus says, basically, listen, this all goes back to the fact that God desires mercy, not sacrifice that is the lens that's the the reading instruction that jesus gives us for understanding scripture and also understanding god god desires mercy hesed in hebrew steadfast love and not sacrifice he doesn't say he gets this from the prophet hosea it's a direct quote so throughout the, the one of the tricks that jesus gives us as a good rabbi as a good teacher is to read that there are two strands within our scriptures. 
One is a sacrificial strand that you can see throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament. Yeah. And the other is a mercy, hesed, love strand that you see throughout. And you see these two strands playing with each other or vying for each other. And for Christians, the mercy strand, the love strand gets lived out in the person Jesus who refuses to sacrifice his enemies, refuses to send them to hell. And here's the big trick. Jesus goes to hell on earth in order to stop, in order to help us stop sending others to hell on earth. Mm. That's what Golgotha is. So here's, so oftentimes people will, that's what the cross is. That's what I mean. So oftentimes people will say, well, Jesus tells parables about somebody being sent to a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man and Lazarus. Let's get to that next. Yeah. So the parables that Jesus tells is often like there are three people and a master comes in and gives a certain amount of the parable of the talents, gives a certain amount of money to one person, uh, a little bit less to the second person and less to the third person. And the third person invests it in certain places and makes more money for the master while the master has left. Right. Right. And the second person invests a little bit more and makes maybe double or something. The third person is, Oh my gosh, my master's a jerk. So (laughs) I'm going to hide it and not play this game. So the master comes back and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then says, oh, you who you thought I was a bad, evil master. Now I'm going to send you out into hell because you're exactly right. I am a bad, evil master. And that's why people think that the master is God, right? There are some clues in here that Jesus is saying, no, the master is not God. So in the first century, who is the master of the Jewish world who goes into the Jewish world and leaves and then comes back demanding more money in return. It's the Roman empire, Mm. right? The Roman empire in this parable is the master. Jesus refuses to play by the rules of the Roman empire. The Sadducees played by the rules of the Roman empire because they wanted to keep the peace. The king followed the Roman empire because he wanted to keep the peace. Jesus refused to follow the master Wow! and he paid the price for it. He went to the place. The third person in that parable is Jesus himself. Wow! He's the one who goes to the place of what happens on the cross. Jesus weeps and he gnashes his teeth. That's what happened when you go to the cross. That Mm. is hell on earth. Jesus goes to hell that humans have created In order to show us a different way of life, in order to show us that God has nothing to do with this hellish death creating system that humans create and that we still create today. Christians Mm -hmm. still create this today. God Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with it. God has everything to do with hesed, mercy, steadfast love, even taking this violence upon himself and offering 
the love of God in return, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. So stop these cycles of hell that we do. Even God in the flesh, putting God in the flesh, Jesus on the cross in hell, stop it and start living into God's radical love and mercy for one another. Yeah. That's what heaven is. I, I think one thing, hell is so interesting. I think I was traumatized by it as a kid. And then, throw in, we also believed in the rapture and Jesus was uh, going to come any moment and leave yeah. us bad kids behind to get 666 tattooed on our forehead. Very traumatic. Mm. And, and so I believe it causes a lot of trauma in people. But then there's this other thing, and I think it's important what you're talking about. We, we do need justice. Like We need to know that Adolf Hitler faced some eternal justice. Yeah. And so I think what you're saying is there is some hell that has to be faced by human beings that do evil, right? Yeah. You get this with, uh, you get this with Paul. So Paul says, interestingly, if, if hell was such an important topic for Christians, you would think that the book of Acts, which tells the story of the early church, would just be so consumed with talking about hell and warning people about it. hell is never talked about in the book of Acts. The first sermons have nothing to do with hell, except for the hells that we create on earth by sacrificing people and, and Jesus. But to the Hitler question, such an important question. There, there are a lot of ways uh, to go about this. Paul says that, that it will be as if as if we go through the fire and all of the bad evil stuff that's within us is going to be burned away this is jesus and what was the word kalesis kalesis yeah yes kalesis this is the pruning which hurts it hurts that is going to hurt my ego i assume that people like hitler and pol pot and all of those folks will go rapist or yeah. Yeah. And I assume that they will go through this experience and I don't, are they going to, are they ever going to make it into heaven? I, I, I'm a universalist. So to stay uh, true to that, eventually they will go through the pain of being, of having their, whatever it is inside of them being burned away. Yeah. And I'm going to have that too. I've got some gross, yucky stuff inside of me that I know needs to be burned away. And I'm trying to burn that stuff away now in this life so that whatever happens next, there's less of it yeah. burn away. And I don't, I'm, whenever we talk about Hitler and hor people to do horrible things, it's, it's, it's a tough topic to talk about, but I think that none of us, one of the things that I've learned going against Western individualism is that we are all formed by our culture. Mm. It's not just me. I am in a relationship with Paul that who, who I haven't met face to face, love Paul's TikTok videos, love all mm. of it, have never met Paul before. I am trusting Paul, in a certain sense, with this interview, 
right? Like we are, we're in a relationship in kind of a dance with one another. And where is this going to go? I am dependent upon you in this, in this conversation. Right. That's the way it is. We have a shared culture. Yeah. That's the way it is in all of our lives. So what are the things that may have formed me in my life, I need to look back on that and see that there are good things and bad things and take responsibility for it. In the same way, it's important to look at the things that formed Hitler. I mean, at the end of World War I, Germany was blamed for that war. And one of the ways that we blamed Germany for that war was to cripple them financially. Yeah. Germany was in this horrible spot blamed scapegoated for the for the war and what happens to a culture when it gets scapegoated like that it gets in this really it, it creates a lot of anxiety it creates a a culture where it's easy to start scapegoating other people and right. blaming them for the problems that we've had what we did to germany during and well, after World War I created, created the opportunity for something like Hitler to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a response that I hope that we have learned from that situation. And this, please don't hear me as letting Hitler off the hook. Yeah, I mean, you're not making excuses for I'm it. Not making excuses, but it's important to learn how we are formed by the cultural situations in which we are when, in which we live in part so that we can learn how to not fall into those traps of scapegoating. Yeah. I think it's so good. I love what you're sharing. And I, I, I tell people that most of the time in the Bible, fire represents the spirit of God yeah. and it represents purification or a refiner's fire. So like in the, the boys in the fiery furnace, their bondages were burned off mm. uh, that the fire purified that it set them free. It didn't punish them. It set them free. And I, I just think to me, that is an example of what we're talking about. And I think you were probably talking about like Hebrews 12 says, everything of our life is going to be put on the altar and what's of earth is going to be burned up and what's yeah. of heaven is going to remain. And I was always taught that that's like, oh, all the things you think are good are just going to burn up like filthy rags. But I actually think that's saying the dross of life Yes. of the the stuff that happened to us that created something negative of, of an unhealthy way to live is going to be burned off. And what's going to be left is the beauty that was created in us. And, and so I really have, it's been a journey for me, but I've come around to, yes, I do think there's a judgment at the end of all of this. I do think God is just but I also think those verses of the, the gates of Jerusalem are always going to be open for all of eternity. So the nations can come is exactly what you're saying. There's always going to be opportunity to enter therein. And that's, that's one of the beautiful things about Revelation. Yeah. The gates are always open. And throughout Revelation, it's the kings who are the ones who get blamed or who are responsible for working. Yeah with the satanic impulses, right? It's the kings who are just like almost the ones who are to blame for all of this, all of the violence and war within uh, the world. 
And who is it at the end of Revelation who bring their glory into through the gates and into the new heaven and the new earth? It's the people who are responsible for all of the horrible things that have happened in the world. The kings right. now bring in their glory. So apparently something happened to, and it doesn't say only the good kings. Right. Right. Because right? <laughs> in Revelation, there are no good kings. Right. In fact, in the Old Testament, there are no good kings there either. Even David is, David is really the one who's responsible for the fall of his lineage because of what he did with Bathsheba. Yeah. Um, prophets say, hey, because you did this, the sword will never leave your house. David's response. There's no good king in the Old Testament. There's no good king in the earth, apparently, according to Revelation. And yet at the end, apparently they've gone through this process of the fire, Paul, that you're talking about in the purification, because they bring in all of their glory into the new heaven. Wow. Wow. I love that. And I think it's just such an important point that you made really well that I, 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 God looks at us in people groups. He really does. And Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets. Now, every Jerusalem resident hadn't killed a prophet, but the spirit, the mindset of the city was, we don't want a prophet that speaks against where we want to go. And Jesus has these woes to the city. And even, you know, I always say Jesus never once talks about homosexuality, but he does say Sodom's going to have a better judgment day than Capernaum. And so I think your point is right on that God does look at us in people groups and in spirit and mindset, and it makes us, so what I love about that is it changes this idea of this individual heaven or hell decision, and it makes me responsible for what's happening in my city and my state and my country, not just me and my household here. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. Great stuff. All right. We're going to take a break here. And for those of you that are in my Patreon crew, you get to listen. We're going to talk a little more with Adam and a little bit of his journey and what's happening with with where he's going with TikTok, et cetera. And so I'll put this up there. You can just point your, whoops, I got the wrong. Yeah, there it is. You can point your camera at the phone there. It'll show you Patreon or Venmo if you want to jump in and give a little bit. But I want to hear more about Pastor Adam's journey. So our Patreon crew will be able to check that out. And uh, we're going to do a little Facebook Live as well. But that's some talk about heaven and hell and more with Pastor Adam's uh, Pastor Adam over on Patreon. Adam, tell everybody where they can find you real quick or any social media stuff you'd like to point them towards. Uh, you can find me at the Raven Foundation, which is where I do a lot of uh, writing and uh, things like that. And I'm on all the social media stuff just basically at Adam Erickson or on TikTok at Adam Erickson one. Very nice. Adam, a real pleasure talking to you and we'll keep the conversation going. Awesome. Thank you, Paul.